0: This next hour is all about our walk with
1: Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, how are you today? So glad to have you along with us on our program. I've got a couple of guests lined up for you. First of all, we're going to have Calvin Wimbish, who's running for Congress. Also author Kevin Anselmo is going to be here in segments two and three. With me right now in the studio, somebody that I've just grown to love, and he's been on my program before, got to meet him at the John Stemberger event for the Family Florida Family Policy Council meeting, and that was a couple of months back, and, I, and now he's been on my radar since then, and I'm talking about Colonel Calvin Wimbish, who is a candidate for Congress, and it is uh, now in the last week. Absolutely. Midterms are here. Colonel Wimbish, welcome back to my program. Thank
2: you so much, Mike. And, you know, I am now the nominee since I won the primary. So yeah. I even had a new badge made from candidate to nominee because there is no other on the ballot. When you look at the down ballot from the governor on down, I am the nominee for Orange County District 10. And it's such a large district that it it's tiring, but it's enjoying. My, I'm enjoying myself because I'm able to reach and see and hear the people, yeah. and from my beginning, I did not pay to get on the ballot. I wanted to walk, talk, and see people, and I traveled from Volusia County to Lake County, all over Orange County when they were doing the redistricting, so it made it easier to find out more about what is it that resonates with the people, and I asked the Lord when I took on this new assignment, because he entered in my head a year plus ago when that 9, on 9-11 when they withdrew from Afghanistan. It was so horrific. And I said, Lord, is there something I can do? Because I can't just lay here in retirement. Mm-hmm. And uh, 4 a.m. in the morning, right. as I mentioned, uh, he said, rise up. Why are you laying there? I'm giving you what you need. And I've prepared you, as my mom kept reminding me, and she's 94, for a new st- a new effort in life. And this was it. All these years, I always thought, well, that's it. I'm going to retire. I'm going to kick back, relax. Right. But the need of the people is crying out and I felt like Moses sometimes, and you know, taking the people to the promised land, yet people are there, they get weary, and they get distracted, and then they get lied to by the evil one, and the evil one has caused them uh, to be part of our leadership presently, and they are incompetent, and they're in denial of the people, and they're elected for the people, and Mm -hmm. by the people, but they get there, it's all about them. Well, I said enough is enough, and I took the order from, from the boss, God, Jesus <laughs> Christ, my Lord and Savior. And I stomped all over the place until those ballots were were in. And here I am now, a year plus later, uh, made it through with 45% of the primary votes to say, okay, you're going to be the nominee. And I'm still challenged with a an opponent who is godless, in my opinion, based on the kinds of things that he is representing, this Maxwell Frost uh, person He's anti-everything. He's anti-life. He's he's pro-choice, but he's really saying abort your child, whether it's in the womb or even after birth. And he and and Val Demi's are preaching the same thing, and I'm hearing it from the whole collective on the democratic side, which I said, this has nothing to do with the life and liberty Mm -hmm. and pursuit of happiness that our Judeo-Christian nation had established so that we could have the peace on earth, but also how can you perpetuate the species of mankind if you keep destroying them before they even get a chance to live? So I'm totally against that. And then when he wants chaos by destroying the police, by eliminating OPD, he wants prisoners to, if you rob somebody or, or, or steal, go to jail. They'll put you in the books and then they'll let you out the next day like they're doing in New York. He's hes going around saying this is the way of the future. Wrong answer. He has no experience in dealing with people of my age because they're touting oh he's a generation z versus the old man well the old man's got experience and you can't be taught you got to go out and have the experience and my combat boots as i was talking to her and also on uh the tv my combat boots had more experience than he does in his (laughs) whole life your boots have been walking (laughs) walking so i'm blessed and uh the lord has been my leader i was reading ephesians and um and uh, philippians and especially philippians 4 6 and seven, you know, about being anxious for nothing. And yes, we do need donations. We do need uh, the financial support. But, mm-hmm. you know, wisdom comes with the Lord and faith. Uh, I walk by faith. And I have not been gotten uh, received the kind of support that I had anticipated uh, once I won the primary from the national level. And at first, it did start to make me worry. Mm-hmm. But my mom, again, I talked to her, my wife, and my friends, they all, my, my Bible study group, said, what? Do you not believe what you read, what, you mm-hmm. said, what he said? So stop worrying. Just do what you can with what you have. Right. That's <laughs>
1: exactly right. You mentioned something that I, I want to go back to for a moment because mm-hmm. you're even wearing, for those that uh, can't obviously see what uh, Colonel Wimbish looks like right now, <laughs> you're wearing a, the coolest veteran hat, uh-huh. and it says Iraq, Afghanistan veteran. And you mentioned that withdrawal that happened just over a year ago. Yes, now. Uh, and was it a year? I think. Yeah, it was just,
2: actually. It happened actually on the anniversary of nine eleven. Yeah, uh, in, in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, w- when we look
1: back at the the footage, I think one of the most heartbreaking news releases I've ever seen. Would be the footage of that plane and yeah. all of those crowds of people and yeah. literally people falling,
2: falling off the plane. Falling off, trying their best to, to hold on to America. Right. Been there 21 years. Yes. And then people don't realize in those 21 years, all the treasure, American treasure that has been lost, wounded, or, or otherwise put into a mental, emotional, and physical condition that is unbelievable, just wasted. And yeah. the people who, the non combatants, people who, who had us defending them or teaching their com- commandos and their military how to de- to protect and defend their nation. Uh, those people took care of us inside the green zone where we had to have a wall protect us from the enemy who would try to sneak in at night and, and c- c- kill you. Mm-hmm. But they were there at, at their own risk supporting us and they they were so kind and loving and they loved the kids. And and when I, when I saw that young man, and if you look at the the footage that a lot of people don't see, the guy who blew himself up was in Gitmo. And the incompetent leadership allowed him to go. And he went right back, oh, please don't do that again. Bad boy. Well, bad boys will do bad things. And he went right back. There's a reason why we
1: have these places like Gitmo. (sighs) And you don't want to be just hanging around people that are doing what, what he did. And you think about the 13 military, oh. the Marines that, that lost their lives. Army, Navy, Air Force, man. and Marines. And Marines, that's right. More than female. just that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, they're all out there. They're all doing that. You did that. Not only did we lose lives, we left people behind mm-hmm. that are still behind. Yes. And then thirdly, we left so
2: much oh, equipment equipment, and airplanes yeah. and yeah. tanks uh, and, and weaponry. It's all been reversed engineered by the, in, by the Uh, communists, whether it be Chinese or whether it's the Russians or the uh, uh, Iran, all of them have gotten everything, even our drones that they've shot down and taken them and they, they reverse engineer them. And now they have the equipment that can take out our people. If we were to go back into Afghanistan, which, there's a way and do things, but that's just to walk. But in that and... wasn't it. No, it wasn't it. Yeah, that wasn't it at all. <laughs> yeah,
1: <so laughs> I'm uh... not a military person. I, I do. I I love. I'm an honorary staff sergeant with the Indiana National Guard. Cool, that's right. A, that's and I, it. And that's... I,
2: I was <laughs> at the Indiana Army Guard for a person 38th Infantry Division at at uh, in uh, uh Fayette, now, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah, and I was a helicopter pilot, and I flew out of uh, Indianapolis down to Shelbyville a lot. Oh, really? Where I met Mr. Sam Walton. Of the, of the Walmart, he flew a, a tail dragger in, red tail dragger from Bentonville, and uh, he came in and had his cap on backwards, and he said, how y'all long, young pilots doing? And I said, man, he's got a nice drawl. He said, well, I said, what's your name, Sam? I said, okay, <laughs> Sam, we sat there and talked. Before you know it, we found out, Sam as in Walton. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. And he was such a down. I didn't know he person. was a pilot. Oh yeah, he 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 was a tail dragger. And oh, wow. uh, so what he started, uh obviously we all shop. And you know, when you talk about cost of living right now, now when I go into Walmart, which some people was embarrassed, I said, I thought go where you can get the most value for your money. But yet when I see people, do I buy the toilet tissue or do I buy a piece of meat for my family? Do I buy clothing or diapers? Oh yeah. And it's and then you have to look at the cost of, of uh, diesel right now where the diesel supply is going to run out in about 25 days. Yeah. Our oil reserves are already down below 50% yeah. because of incompetence. So I want to be the person and I'd like to just mention if people go to my website, votecal2022.org, you'll see a lot of my three standards: faith, family, and freedom. Yeah. That's what I'm basing my decisions on. And in that, I want to make sure our economy Let's get inflation down. Let's get economy up and running right. again. Let's go ahead and get the oil coming from America, not from the, enemies, the countries who are our enemies. We've got all the reserves we need right here. Turn the pipelines back on. Let's get our drilling back going. A lot of people unemployed who could be doing that for Americans. We got the raw materials, all the rare earth minerals. They're in our soil. We just have acquiesced to the global world to do that for us. And what happens? They hold us hostage and now China and all the other countries that got the pieces of the puzzle we need, we can't even do anything because they said, we got you. Mm-hmm. So the things are sitting out there in the ocean and the tankers, uh, the, the container ships, they can't get them offloaded. They can't get them on the trucks. The trucks can't roll because the diesel's too high. They can't get to the marketplace and we can't buy. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And, cr- and criminals know when you start to have, like Mr. Frost wants, just defund the police and abolish OPD, take away law and order, Take away your guns, your second amendment rights. And what happens now? The criminals own all your rights and they know where the free gun uh, zones are from schools to buildings, churches. And next thing you know, they're the ones they are going to target and hit. Mm -hmm. We don't need Walmarts and Walgreens and CVSs and everything getting robbed by people who have no respect for law and order. We have to be, we had been before the nation, uh, the free world of the nation, of the world the nation that led what freedom is all about. Now they're trying to let us just be a laissez-faire, leave well enough alone, just be like the rest of us. No. America was a, a republic that was established for the people, and the rules that we have in our Constitution, which I carry all the time with me, mm-hmm. is such a thin little book, yeah. but it has such powerful information. If people would uh, adhere to it and read it, trust in God. It was built around the con- uh, The Constitution was built around the Bible. The 10 commandments are literally in our, our first amendments. And you know, when you talk about power, it's not at the federal level, which I want to take some of that power that has been stolen from the states. 10th amendment limits that mm-hmm. power to the, to the states, not to the federal government. Let's push it back where it belongs. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of departments in the federal level that I will adv- advocate for the people to abolish, to change the rules that are not helping us, lower the taxes, get our pipeline, like I said, run it again, protect our borders, we can't be a sovereign nation if we open up the door and people come in when they want. It's like in your office. (laughs) You better have a a lock Mm -hmm. and key and somebody to watch it. Otherwise you're gonna walk in and somebody's kicked their feet up on your desk and you say, where did you come from? Well, it doesn't matter, I'm here. That's what's happening to our nation. If you've just tuned in and you're wondering who is this person with extraordinary common sense
1: that's talking, happy to say it's Colonel Calvin Wimbish, who is a candidate, and it's just now six days away, the midterm election. Uh, Colonel Wimbish is for District 10 in the uh, congressional race that is going on right now. So this is an important thing. And you know, uh, Calvin, if, if, if you could for a moment address something that I, I think is on the lot of people's minds, and that would be, the, are they being heard? Are the real needs of America right now being heard at our highest points of government, mm-hmm. and it's my feeling that it, they're not—they're they're, not. They're not being listened to—and even when you consider mm-hmm. that what you were just talking about a while ago, the border, yeah. the border in itself. I've just come back from Texas. Wow! And okay. I, I'm telling you, there's a lot of people there who are very unhappy mm-hmm. about the condition.
2: Those that live around the yeah. the border, from Brownsville all the way to. Uh, Watch, uh, Fort Wachuca where I used to be assigned Sierra Vista, uh, all along Arizona and, uh, and Texas. It's pathetic. It is the lives of the people, the children, the towns, they're overwhelmed. The border patrol can't, they they've been told don't follow the law or the, what's on the books. Oh, just turn a blind eye. And out of, in two years, over 5.2 million I- illegals have come into this country of that half of them, we don't have any idea where they are because they are the gotaways of those gotaways. There's the estimates are that more than 50% of those are people are here to hurt us. They're the ones who are pushing all the human trafficking, the fentanyl. They're here because they're in gangs and they're cartels. And there's people who still want to be vengeful, revengeful on what happened prior to nine 11. Mm-hmm. And so they've sent their agents and there are in Congress in, in a, um, a mode of silence until they are ordered to attack. And yes, we've seen it, it already sense. on the streets yeah. in many of the blue blue states around the nation. Luckily we have a strong governor like Governor DeSantis. We have two senators, both Rick Scott and Marco Rubio, who I pray for Marco that he does keep his seat and not let Val Demings, who vacated the seat I'm taking right now, mm-hmm. become the person who wants to advocate all the things that are anti-American in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was the one that went across from the Congress to the Senate, and she was boasting how uh, President Trump was an agent of Russia, which we know was true, and the the manner was in it which yeah. it was all presented yeah, right. was a, a barefaced <coughs> yeah. lie, as my dad used to say. Yeah. And we saw the, the truth behind what she was attempting to represent for the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's of the world. They need to go, the AOC's need to go. In fact, this young man, Maxwell Frost, He's already been called the Grinch uh, who's trying to steal Florida's Christmas, but he's not going to put snow on our ground. I'm going to melt them down (laughs) with uh, the people who have confidence in me. I've been to the churches, the rabbis. I've been to the Jewish synagogues. Uh, They are supportive of me. I've got the black churches. I've got Hispanic and the Asian groups. They are actually, many of them are reaching out to me because when they actually look at his platform and weigh the difference between one of experience, one who has passion and compassion, I've been working at the strategic level, tactical level, and the great grassroots level in a, in a marketing and sales world, as well as the military, and even taught high school. I've got two master's degrees. He couldn't even finish junior college. He jumps out. Mm. Yes, he's an Uber driver. God bless him. But here's a guy who advocates to young ladies, go ahead and abort your child. But yet his mother gave them the gift of life and carried him full term. And I have to say that because that's that's what he's trying to stand his ground on, and I think he's been ill-advised and I pray that the, the light will come on in his mind that I have been duped and he needs to change his way and change the fact that God's given him a gift, a gift of gab as some people tells me. But what he's gabbing is not for the good of the people.
1: Well, the people of America are soon going to have a chance to weigh in on this thing. Midterms coming up on the 8th next Tuesday. And uh, for you, we've got a minute and a half yes. left here. Thank yeah. you for dropping by. Thank you. How can people uh, get in touch with you, and make either uh, donations if they like what they hear from you,
2: or uh, get involved? How would you recommend that yes, to happen? we have several ways. You can go on any of the social media websites. Just uh, Google my name, and it'll come up. We, we're blessed at how we've got it set up on the internet, uh, whether it's Google or Bing. And when you type in Calvin Wimbish Congress, you'll see my different sites from uh, Facebook to, to uh, Rumble, uh, Twitter, et cetera. And then my website, votecal2022.org. And on it, you can click, you can donate. You can also volunteer. I need sign waivers. Come out to these early voting sites, please. And we'll give you a sign and you can promote me. We are need door knockers and we can volunteer to be a door knocker. Get people out. If they're registered to vote, give them a door hanger. Talk to them and say, Cal Wimbish is there for you. It's all about you.
1: Colonel Calvin Wimbish, Republican candidate,
2: that's U.S. Congress District 10. Thank you for dropping back by. Thank you so much. And God be with you and God be with me. And that your prayers, you know, prayers move mountains. And I walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah. And I believe that I will receive. I've already claimed the victory in Jesus' name because the battle is his. I'm just going to keep my armor of God on and walk walk forward. Get my sorted spirit out and I'm ready to defend those who elect me to go for them in Congress.
1: Bless you, brother. Thank you for dropping by Thank and you. being with me here today. Be praised, God. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study an evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses were offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again here, segment two on Afternoons with Mike, and I welcome once again, over the line this time, Kevin Anselmo is an author of a new book that he's going to be talking about, and uh, I first met Kevin down at the chamber expo the business expo put on by the u.s christian chamber and that was just a couple of weeks ago it feels much longer than that since i've been gone and i was sick for a week so uh, it is kind of crazy to be back on the line now and talk to kevin kevin welcome back man
0: it is a pleasure, and I also feel like it's been a long time, especially when you go over the finish line in the self-publishing world. So uh, great to reconnect with you and delighted to have the opportunity to talk to you about reframing career success.
1: You know, that book that I you gave me a copy of that, and I still have not got it all the way through that, but it is a, a great book and a great concept. But uh, you talk about the whole self-publishing world. That is in itself a beast, isn't it?
0: It is indeed. I mean, you know, there's it, in one way, it's great because, you know, you don't have to individuals who have a idea that they want to share. They don't have to go through the traditional publishing world, which, it, it, you know, if I the book I wrote, if I were to work with a traditional publisher, it would have taken probably about two years uh, just because that's you know, oftentimes what the process entails. Whereas self-publishing, there's a lot more freedom and a lot more efficiency, uh, though it does require, uh, you know, overcoming some different challenges along the way, just, you know, you're not used to, I for one am not used to, you know, the whole process of, you know, how do you get your book out there? How do you get your book on Amazon? How do you get your book out to different retailers? So it's a fun learning experience. i uh, glad that I've overcome that and uh, can get my book out to the world.
1: Now I have a question. I, I don't know that this is even uh, experienced by anybody for that matter. but with the cancel culture being what it is, when you have a book like yours then is kind of uh, viewed through life through the, the principles of the Bible. I know it's it's a book about business for sure. But do you yeah. suffer? Do you see people or know people that uh, their work has maybe been stopped or at least maybe uh, stunted because of the cancel culture?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, I you know you you hear about examples all the time. Uh, you know, I don't know anyone in my direct network. You know, putting this book out there, you know, I'm a communications consultant. I work in higher education primarily. Uh, you know, if you were to go to my website for my consulting website, you would see on my bio that I mentioned I'm a Christian. But it, it because of the nature of my work, it's not front and center. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm a Christian. Writing this book, it's now front and center. I'm a Christian, and this is my view on what career success entails. And so, you know, you, you do wonder are, are there people who are going to be, you know, offended by the message for one reason or another. And, you know, at the the end of the day, I think, you know, if if that's what happens, you know, so be it. Now, I interviewed a number of people in my book who are great examples of living out their Christian faith in the business world. You know, oftentimes they talk about, you know, when you do put your stake in the ground and I'm a Christian, like you do attract people more so to you. Uh, You might lose some people along the way as well, but you know i think that's part of it's a, it's an it's an interesting question and i think you know we to a certain extent we have to be maybe willing to be bold and to share what our faith is in, in a diplomatic way in a way that makes sense for the recipient and, and for yourself. Uh, it's a really interesting question, though.
1: But, I, you know, I, I'm hoping that with everything that's going on in this country, everything that is currently being faced in the midterms, it, it is really important that people do exactly what you just said, that we are bold and that we're not just going to lay down and let this cancel culture take over everything that is so near and dear to our, our freedoms, our our uh, constitution, our lives, really, it's affecting everything that we do. And so it is important. I agree with you completely that we need to we need to be bold and be courageous. And this is a time yeah. where we're seeing that happen. But I'm excited for your work. Tell us a little bit about what the last leg of, because uh, when I, I talked with you before, I had the pre-release copy and it wasn't yeah necessarily the final copy Uh, there's how many legs of editing do you go through i'm sure a bunch right
0: yeah so i mean I, i basically wrote my first draft sent it to several friends who i think would resonate with the topic uh they provided great feedback uh from there i then hired a copy editor copy editor gave me again great feedback and helped you know uh really get into the nitty-gritty in terms of some of the language and the flow of the book uh took that feedback rewrote parts of it it, actually in the in the course of writing the book i changed course because originally i was focusing on career disappointments through this process of gathering feedback i decided to uh instead use this metaphor of taking a picture, right? Taking a picture of what career success means to us. And so in the process of doing that, uh, you know, I found I I kind of got this light bulb moment basically through feedback. uh, And I had to rewrite a good portion of the book uh, around this metaphor that I think would be more catchy and memorable. Uh, And then once I rewrote the book, had to go through a final stage of proofreading. So hire another person to do the proofreading and the um laying out of the book so that way it had you know there's certain designs that are in the book as well as making sure it was uh available to be read uh, in ebook form and in print form uh and then at the end i did i I had the copy that you sent along i sent to some friends and uh people who i thought would be interested in the book i got some other feedback and i'm like wow i really should take some of this feedback into account. And so another round of kind of minor rewriting. So the version I sent you, uh, there's a few little tweaks that I uh, adjusted in the last couple of weeks. So uh, that was the final. Then at the end of the day, you know, you could always make, uh, you know, you can always be rewriting. And at the end of the day, if you're constantly rewriting, you never get your message out to the world. And so at some point you need to ship it. And so uh, for better or worse, My book's out there. I think it's for the better. I think a lot of people will benefit from uh, the message and uh, away we go.
1: Well, one final thought that I have about that process uh, before we get into the real meat of your new book uh, is the fact that when you do this new form of uh, publishing uh, called self-publishing, and and it's kind of like working with an Amazon and Mm -hmm. doing all of that you have to do that is in the past done by Let's say a publisher or uh, someone in in a traditional setting for printing books, uh, you have that opportunity to not uh, let's say print thousands and thousands of books, and if you find a mistake in them, yeah. uh, you, you can almost print on demand, right? I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And, and so that makes the ongoing editing, if something changes, or you you think of a better way you can make such a change like that right
0: absolutely yeah i mean you know down the line maybe i'm gonna have uh, you know a second edition and yeah you know, yeah, it's very easily easy to go through that process and so that is among the benefits of self-publishing uh that i you know and i'm an entrepreneur i kind of like to uh I like to move fast when I have an idea and execute on it. And so uh, for me, that made the most sense. And that is among the different benefits.
1: I know you talked about this in our first interview when I was down at the chamber with you. Uh, What would you say would be your original inspiration for this book? What caused you to want to write it?
0: So I would say a couple of things. One, there's a message out there, and I'm going to paraphrase it and Maybe exaggerated a bit, but you know, for lack of better terms, it's basically pray to God, and God will bless your business, and you will make a huge impact, and you'll make lots of money. Paraphrase, but that's there is this message out there, mm-hmm. and you know, I feel sometimes it's very, uh, you know, this message is very obvious in how it's communicated. Other times it's a bit more subtle. And, you know, I was kind of bothered by that message for a long time. And then secondly, you know, as an entrepreneur, I've been running my own consulting business since 2013. I've had lots of good moments. I've been able to, you know, work with great clients around the world. I have, you know, flexibility. There's a lot of great things about my business, but I've also had some disappointments along the way. And, you know, as a result of some of those disappointments, I've wondered, like, why didn't God answer my career related prayers? And. You know that's those two different dynamics is what led me to uh, you know go down the route of, of writing a book uh, that basically looked at what what does God say about career success? What does God say about you know wh- where is God in our different professional ups and downs? How come God doesn't answer all of our career-related prayers? Are we you know this idea of being blessed? Right? I'm blessed. God has blessed me with you know, uh, XYZ in my business? Well, if that doesn't happen for you. Are you not being blessed? So these were kind of questions that were gnawing at me that I wanted to explore. You know, I think oftentimes when you read business books, it's almost like I had this problem and then here's the solution. And now you follow my, my example. My book is different because, you know, I didn't necessarily, you know, I had these different career uh, disappointments. I didn't necessarily overcome those disappointments where everything worked out in the end. Now, what I can say is I have a lot more peace and contentment in trusting God in in, in the results of my work. And that's what I hope people get out of my book.
1: Now, I, I love the uh, title. I love the cover. I love this metaphor that you're talking about, about uh, reframing and kind of looking at a picture, if you will, of, yes. of what your life, what your business, what your aspirations are. And that really does help a lot. I mean, I think uh, there's an old saying I remember from years ago that uh, if we don't know where we're going, it goes something like this, we'll never know if we get there. And yeah, I, I think yeah. even if your picture is wrong, or maybe incomplete, it really does have an idea. It, it has a big benefit, I believe, to have an idea as to what you are, are, are aiming for. Isn't that right?
0: But Mike, listen, we spend... The average person, and maybe, and, and for certain professions, it might be more. The average person spends 90,000 hours on the job from, you know, the day they, they graduate from college till retirement, 90,000 hours. And oftentimes, you know, we go to work with not a really clear idea. What are we doing? Like what, what, do, you know, now it might be easy to say, okay, we just got to get, uh, get a paycheck or we got to, you know, generate, if you're an entrepreneur, you got to generate income for your, for your business. We don't really have a very clear idea about what career success looks like. That was certainly the case for me. And I know that's the case for many others. Like if I say to the average person, you know, those listening in on right now to this show, define for me very clearly in a couple of bullet points, what does career success look like for you? I'm going to guess that that picture is not crystal clear. I'm going to guess as well that that picture might be fuzzy because a lot of times what we look at as career success is a picture that is what the world's success looks like right mm-hmm. so it's only about making being a celebrity a lot of it is relates to kind of celebrity culture that's in our face all the time which is money and fame and you know influence and uh you know i, I there's nothing wrong with making money there's nothing wrong with having an impact there's nothing wrong with ha- being able to have an influence but you know a, a lot of people just aren't going to reach that the levels of. Uh, of fame, money, and impact that, than these celebrities. And then therefore, like, okay, what does success look like from a Christian perspective? Have you considered the different different spheres of our life? Are you only looking at something like money? Are you, are you looking at, you know, family? Are you looking at community impact? Are you looking at gospel impact? And so what I, my real goal for this book is that people come away after uh, digesting these 12 different principles and have at least three or four different bullet points of this is what career success means for me from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. And when you when you take this whole thing about uh, Christians looking at what is success, do you see a big difference in uh, your experience between the Christian business owners and, let's say, secular business owners that aren't, aren't believers? Do you see that the Christians f- tend to fight from the same uh, maybe misnomers? what, with what uh, is the definition of success?
0: You know, it's hard to generalize. I mean, I, I think uh, on one side of it, I feel like Christians are guilty in just go, go working according to the world standards. On the other hand, you know, I think there's, I, I read a great article in the Financial Times yesterday, uh, which actually covered an article on faith and work, and it was a story of a woman who left her comfortable job to start a uh, ice cream shop, and she specifically was motivated by her faith to support uh, young girls who were victims of sex trafficking Mm -hmm. and to make sure that these girls were getting jobs and were, you know, were set up for a, a nicer life than obviously the life of being sex trafficked. And, you know, this is someone who took a sacrifice from the way this article sounded. I'm sure there's, you know, people listening right now to the show who fit that you know, who who can relate to that story, right? They've taken a sacrifice, they've taken a bold move and they've done that motivated by their faith to make a difference. So, uh, you know, I'm sure there are lots of people out there like that. I'm sure there's also lots of people out there who just, you know, they only are thinking about um, maybe superficial uh, metrics for success. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when we die and we're all going to die and it's not really, we're not on this earth very long we don't take our twitter followers to heaven we That's don't right. take our bank accounts to heaven we don't take our you know whatever title that we aspire for and that we long for we don't take that to heaven so it's i think it's incumbent on christians to really think about what career success looks like from an eternal perspective.
1: And, you know, when we have that lining up with the word of God, that not only uh, helps us in in determining whether or not we're hitting the kind of success that we're wanting to do or that honors God, but it does bring a lot of peace. And, and I think, uh, you know, when you think about how many business people that really are truly successful, they don't think they are, or they're not at least enjoying life, the way that you would think one with that level of success would there, they yeah. just don't have any peace in their hearts. Right.
0: So, you know, it's interesting. I originally wrote this book for, for people who might be frustrated about, you know, okay, I didn't reach a certain, you know, uh, rank on the corporate ladder, or I didn't reach a certain income threshold as an entrepreneur, or, you know, I'm a, I'm an artist. And, you know, instead of playing in front of thousands of people, I'm playing in front of 20 people in a coffee shop. Those those were originally the people that I had in mind in in terms of uh, for this book. But actually, uh, it became crystal clear as I started doing research and talking to people. There's another individual that this book speaks to, and that is the person who has reached the top of their mountain. They've had a goal, a big, audacious goal. They reached that goal. And guess what? There's still something missing. You know, I want to make it clear. Like my book, I want people to be. You know, God tells us in Colossians, uh, Apostle Paul. You know, do everything we can to the best of our ability. Right, work hard. We are. We are commanded by God to give our best efforts. And so that you know, and I think there's nothing wrong with earthly success per se, um, but if that's where we get our identity from if that's where we get our you know, feeling of, you know, this is I'm important because I've accomplished X, Y, Z, that's where we go off the rails. And that's where we're Christian or not. If you're only getting your identity from your work, you're going to be disappointed. And when we can do our best work, be creative, use the skills God has given us and then leave the results and the outcomes to God that's the place where we can be at peace and we can be at can be much more content than just relying on our own human selves to create the outcomes, because at the end of the day, we're not really the captains of our careers. That's right. We, we You know, God is God is the captain of our career. You might not like that hierarchy, uh, but that's the case. Right. We are we we can't control pandemics. We can't control, you know, government policies that might impact us one way or another. Uh, There's very little influence we can have on those sorts of things. Uh, You know, we have to do our best. We have to use our skills. We have to use our abilities. And then we have to trust God for the results, knowing that, you know, again, his metrics and the way he values our performance is different than how the world values our performance.
1: The name of the book is Reframing Career Success with Kevin Anselmo. I'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike.
0: Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407-965-4166 now or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers.
1: back again now with author kevin anselmo kevin was at the recent chamber business expo man that was a lot of fun wasn't it kevin
0: it was
1: And we got to hear a lot of speakers there we got to meet a lot of people for me and the shepherd we were on the expo floor uh loud as it was and fun as it was very busy but getting to meet people like kevin Uh, who is doing such a great work, and this book uh, that we're talking about has just come out in the last couple of weeks, and it's called Reframing Career Success. Uh, Even while I've sat here, I've pulled it up, and it's on the web already. You can get this. You can order it. Reframing Career Success, and I really love this. Kind of uh, the subtitle is Picture Your Significance at Work from a Christian perspective. And I just think that is a powerfully wise admonition to give people to do. Now, so my question as we begin this last segment with you, Kevin, is that I'm convinced personally that when I was a young man beginning my work in business, it was broadcasting back in the day, I really did not have an idea about three or four steps down the road, what, what it would even look like. I think I only saw, you know, money as a a number one, if I got paid a decent amount, uh, as a, as a good sign, or if I hit a, a job, let's say a job, uh, format that I felt comfortable with, those would have been my understandings of success Uh, yeah. at least in the beginning stages. But I bet I was, there are a lot of people that really don't know what, what it looks like for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of it is the education, right? So, um, you know, whether it's formal education or informal education, you know, we're, we're taught at an early age, like even I have young children, it's like, Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I would love to be a YouTube star and have 20 million followers. You know, these vanity metrics are in front of us, uh, you know, and, At the same time, we're also told things like, you know, go out and leave a legacy. And this is something that I I think you would hear, you know, at a at a at a uh, Christian church or Christian college, uh, as well as in secular places like go leave a legacy, go make your mark. Uh, And so much of it is a individualistic, you know, it's on you. And, you know, one of the points in my book that's a bit counterintuitive, this idea of legacy you know, I, I make the point, actually, you know what? Nobody's going to remember your legacy. Nobody is going to remember your greatest work successes or your greatest work failures. Now, you could say like, oh, my gosh, that's kind of depressing. I'm going to be completely <laughs> forgotten. And I actually make the point, no, that's actually not the case. It's actually great news. You know why? We can take the pressure off of ourselves. Instead, think about the greater whole and, and, and eternal purpose as well and can delve into that further if you like as well.
1: Yeah, I love I love the fact that no one's going to remember my failures and they they won't barely maybe a few of my family members that are young might know yeah. a few of the successes, but you're yeah. right, the pressure needs to be off and it, there's there's no doubt about it when you have a lot of people on Wall Street in these big ivory towers, uh, they really they really do live in a pressure cooked atmosphere, don't they?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I use this example. I'll I'll use an example of a guy named Joe and let's say Joe is working in the 1950s and he's working with the uh, interstate system, right? So the U S interstate system was, uh, rolled out in the fifties. And if Joe's motivation was, I want everyone to remember me because I am painting the yellow lines that are set that separates traffic. And I'm going to be, everyone's going to remember me as I'm, painting the yellow lines well you know people are your know, joe would be very disappointed joe's probably dead now but joe would be very disappointed to know nobody remembers him right, right. his his work contributions are, are forgotten however those yellow lines that are separating the highways are keeping people safe today they, they are playing a role in the community today now down the road the, the highway system that we're currently using might be completely replaced so then Joe would be depressed to know like, oh, wow, nobody's even using the highway system. But, you know, I think if Joe has a if Joe has a pure, you know, just individualistic, um, hedonistic viewpoint of what his work contributions meant, it can be very depressing. A Christian, one way of looking at it as a Christian would be like, wow, OK, I contributed to community safety at a specific point in time as part of the captain, God master plan at a specific given point in time and i think when you reshape that you know shift that focus it can be very freeing for the for the for joe in this case and for every joe out there listening who's working in you know your particular uh area in whatever industry it may be in
1: you know, when I think back to the Bible stories of uh, great leaders, great, uh, what would have been even shrewd business people, I mean, you think of Joseph, there's hardly yeah. anybody in the Bible more successful from a business standpoint than was Joseph. But when I go to David and I think about a man like David who would be known, first of all, as a man who was after God's own heart. So as a mm-hmm. as a believer, he, he was an Old Testament kind of picture Many, many theologians would say he was an Old Testament example of a New Testament believer because he was after the heart of God. Yet we all know that David made a horrific mistake and it's, it's very clear. There are, there are chapters even written about that very mistake uh, in the book of Psalms, like Psalm fifty-one, yeah. and and then when what I love about David's life with this whole thing that you're writing this book called Reframing Career Success, what I love about David's life is that God's looking back on him through the Word of God through the inspiration of the Word said that he served the purpose of God in his generation. And then he slept with his fathers. So think about that. Even David, his work is remembered for the time frame he lived. And a lot of what David did back then would not even be applicable today, just like those yellow lines on the highways. But how great is it that God looked at him and his life and the epitaph over his life is success in God's viewpoint. Even with yep. mistakes, so we can make horrible mistakes and still be considered successful by God.
0: Yeah, and you know, but I think the key thing is regardless of the outcome, right? So, uh, you know, I, I write about Job in in the book, and it's like you know, Job suffered, right? Job had a lot, lost a lot, then got it back. Now, we like to think like, okay, well, we had a lot, and then we lost it for one reason or another. You know, we'd like to hope that we get it back, but we might not. Right. There's people who don't right. get those back. I think, you know, I, one of the most important chapters in the book is the principle on looking at Jesus, Jesus's life and work uh, for inspiration as we deal with our professional ups and downs. And so, you know, if I can say, you know, Jesus's work as a career, the pinnacle moment of Jesus's career was on the cross. And we know that Jesus suffered tremendously in this pinnacle career moment, right? So Jesus was blamed unjustly. Right. Now, how many of you listening on, to this show right now were blamed unjustly for something that happened at work? We know Jesus was harassed. And sadly, we know that many people, especially women, are, are harassed uh, at work. You know, Jesus can relate to that. Jesus can understand that. Uh, we know that uh, Jesus was betrayed. You know, how often has a colleague betrayed us how often has uh, you know someone else taking credit for work uh, that uh, that you actually did? Jesus understands our workplace ups and downs, and it's not just something theoretical. It's actually something very profound and practical. And you know, I think we can, I think we can take heart in that. I think also there's a uh, you know it's interesting. Jesus could have come down uh, to earth and. You know, he could have been some, you know, high-ranking official, some very prominent, influential uh, figure. He was a carpenter, right? And so it's not, you know, people referred to him as a carpenter uh, throughout the the Gospels, and I think that's something interesting as well. Like Jesus did a, a I, I'm gonna guess that he did a good job because people referred to him by his profession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, but it, you know, he was in, he was in, an, or, involved in ordinary work and then had his career pinnacle moment on the cross and, you know, suffered many of the different types of things that we suffer in, in a much more dramatic, terrible way than we ever will. And so I, I think that is a really important uh, point uh, that that can help us reframe career success, knowing that Jesus understands our different professional highs and lows. Mm,
1: very good, man. I, I, I think that is exactly right. You know, one, one of the things that I believe keeps a lot of good business people uh, happy and content is the fact that once they hit a level of success, uh, there's there's the the maybe dissatisfaction with where they are, wanting mm-hmm. to go further, wanting to get yep. more. What are your thoughts about that?
0: So um, yeah, it's really interesting because it's like there's this insatiable appetite to always want more. Uh, I, you know, I, I like to look, think of an analogy of climbing a mountain, right? And think about the top of the mountain being like our ultimate destination. As we're climbing that mountain to our ultimate destination, from a career point of view, it's very seldom that we turn around and we can express gratitude to God that where we where we've come. Uh, you know, we can appreciate the journey, and then it feels like, wow, we got to the top. There's, I need something else, and I need something more. And, and the I think the point is that, you know, career success, as we might look at it from a earthly kind of flesh point of view, it's never going to fully satisfy us. Mm. And so do your best work, achieve those goals, knowing that there's more to life than just what the, that top of the mountain is for you. And, you know, there's countless examples, you know, you can look at of people who, you know, need more power, need more money, need more influence. And then when they get off of that high for, for one, you know, whether it's they had to retire or they were forced to retire or they one reason or another, you know, you, you hear about people who really struggle with depression and uh, with, um, you know, suicide, even their stories of people who have committed suicide after their career success has come to an end. Uh, and, you know, I think obviously I don't know all these instances, but I think a lot of that has to do with uh, identity crises.
1: Mm hmm. Without a doubt. You know, if our identity is in what we do, if we're wrapped up in only what we do, we're missing out on what is one of the biggest blessings, I believe, in the Word of God. And that is the fact that we can be content, as Paul said, in whatever state we are. And, you know, that is so important to find that kind of peace, contentment, and uh, just gratefulness, living as a thankful person, and then investing yep. in the kingdom, right? I mean, that's something that we should be doing.
0: Absolutely. And so, you know, I I share, I mean, and I don't like to consider myself like the gold standard. I just need to share a practical example. But, you know, I kind of share for, for readers what my definition of career success looks like. Uh, basically, there's four different bullet points that I share myself. Every person's career success definition will look different and how they get there will look different. But, you know, for me, one of my definitions of career success is what kind of impact am I having for the kingdom of God? And that's part of what led me to write this book. Now, I have no idea if, you know, hundreds of people will read my book and be influenced. Thousands of people will be read my book and be influenced or millions of people will read my book and be influenced. And frankly, it's none of my business. Like right that's now, right. it's like, you know, I, I I'm I, I will do what I can to to make a difference and to share the gospel message through through this book and and other opportunities I may have, but then we leave it to God to you know do do with it what He may and you know whether that means like you're you know you're you could be someone who's you know boldly proclaiming the faith in in a book or in you know a blog uh, format or something like that it could also mean that you're making a huge difference by you know being a great colleague to someone who's suffering and, it's you know, taking time out of your work day to, you know, take someone out to lunch and, you know, use that as an opportunity to minister. I think there's all sorts of different ways where we can uh, make a difference for the kingdom through our work. And, you know, it's up to us to, to figure that out through prayer, through reflection, through looking at the Bible. I also think um, talking to others uh, can can help provide that sort of clarity. I agree. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's like the metrics, the the, the results we can leave to God after we've done our best.
1: We've got just enough time. Give us that website where people can find the book. And then, of course, it's on Amazon, too.
0: Yeah, thank you. So if you go to reframingcareersuccess.com, you'll see a link to the book and you'll see more information about this whole idea of reframing career success. Uh, If you go to Amazon and just type in the search bar, reframing career success, uh, you'll find the book. It's available print. It's available as an ebook. If you are a Kindle Unlimited member, which I am, uh, the book is currently free for a limited time. So, if you want to get uh, free reading through Kindle Unlimited, that is an option as well.
1: Kevin and Selmo, thanks for being with me today, and we wish you the best on the release of this brand new book.
0: Thank you so much, Mike. It's an absolute pleasure. And as I said, the highlight, of, one of the highlights of the, uh, attending the conference a couple of weeks ago was meeting you and having the opportunity to speak to your listeners. Uh, so, thank you so much.
1: You've got it. Okay, friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.